0: Welcome to the She Who Wins podcast. I'm your host, Renee Bauer. I'm an attorney, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and investor. This is the place where we dive into all of the things that matter to you and, most importantly, uncover what's holding you back from realizing your dreams. Because She Who Moves Forward Fiercely is She Who Wins. How can living with a cowgirl attitude change your life? Well, our guest today is a real-life cowgirl, and she's going to tell us just how to do that. Her name is Courtney DeHoff, and she is a sought-after keynote speaker, network television personality, and cowboy hat-wearing cowgirl. She's the founder of the global brand movement called Fancy Lady Cowgirl, and she aims to celebrate women from all walks of life and teach them to lean into their true identity to reach new levels of success and fulfillment. This is such a fun chat, so let's jump in. Courtney, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. I love that. When I dressed today, I actually did it with intention because I'm like, I'm talking to Courtney today and she is a cowgirl (laughs) and I'm going to do my best to like show up in my cowgirl way. I love it.
1: I (laughs) love, the. you know, you can never go wrong with denim. Like I think it's such a, such a great choice. It's actually not a hundred degrees in Texas. So I was like, I'm going to put on a nice
0: jean jacket. It might be the only time of the year I get to wear it. So <laughs> my jean jacket I have, I think is from the eighties and I will never give it up. I love it. I never it. got a style. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's, let's chat about the, all of the things because your resume or bio is so impressive. Like you've spoken in front of 60,000 people and I watched that video and I got like butterflies in my stomach being like, Oh my God, like, you know, and I have to ask you like how you felt before you walked in there, but let's first talk about being a cowgirl because that's what you are and you're unapologetic about it. So what does that mean? Yeah. You know,
1: I love that you say I'm unapologetic about it because I have to tell you, Renee, I was not always this unapologetic about it. You know, I grew up on a ranch in Kansas. Being a little cowgirl was like all I ever knew. It's all I ever wanted to do. I love to be outside. I love horses. Like I was just a cowgirl through and through. I went to college. I was on the rodeo team at Oklahoma State, like cowgirl all the way through and got into television, really fell in love with storytelling. And I sort of hit this like struggle of okay now's the time you have to choose you can be the cowgirl who has horses and does all the cowgirl the traditional cowgirl things or you can be a tv host and i was sort of getting this feedback from the television and entertainment industry like okay kid in the cowboy hat like if you really want to go to new york and like be a serious television host you're going to have to lose that and so i did for a decade i hid this like a cowgirl side of me and you know, it was really 2020, like the pandemic, things were shifting. Um, I was an independent contractor at that point. I had no work. And I was like, gosh, like something is missing. And it was that cowgirl that, you know, is inside of me. It's one of those things like you can try to hide who you are, but you can never really get rid of it. And so now, yeah, to, 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 Your point, I am unapologetic about it. I show up places in my cowboy hat, even if I'm the only one in a cowboy hat. I mean, I live in a major city. I still work in television and entertainment. So a lot of times I don't look like everyone else. But what I've discovered is it's, this is what makes me special. This is what makes me unique. You know, this is, I think, why I was actually put on this earth. Yes, to tell great stories and to be a TV host, but to do it through the cowgirl spirit. And so that's really what I'm all about um, now. You know, that's what Fancy Lady Cowgirl is all about. So when you like, what
0: were people saying to you, like ditch the hat? Like, were you doing that? Did you like just get rid of it and show up? And like, do you look at past pictures? And you're like, I don't recognize that person.
1: Yeah, you know, very early on in my career, and I think it's important to point out I was young, you know, I think with age comes a lot of maturity, and a lot of perspective. So you know, when I was 22 and had just graduated college and like had this dream of being on television in New York and Dallas and Chicago and LA and these big markets, I, I knew I needed an agent to do that. And what all of the agents who would even take my calls, none of them would represent me, would tell me is like, look, you know, we watched your tape, like you have a decent voice. You you might be able to have some success in the television industry. You have a little bit of talent, but you can't just like interview cowboys and cowgirls. Like I was interviewing people at Western sporting events, you know, cause that was kind of my world. And they were like, look, if you want to be a, a news anchor or entertainment and lifestyle, whatever you want to be like, you're not going to, you're not going to do it in a cowboy hat. And so what I heard in my little, like 20 something year old brain was it's, it's not cool. Like you are going to be looked at as small minded. Oh, a girl from Kansas. Like she probably rode her horse to school. Now, if I could have ridden my horse to school, I probably would have, you know, like, but that was sort of how that translated in my brain. And, um, so I did, I took it off. Uh, I would still like on the weekends sneak away to do like cowgirl things. But the people I was working with in television had no idea what my background was. They they knew I'd grown up in Kansas, but like they didn't know that I was a a cowgirl. That I went to college on a rodeo scholarship. I was embarrassed of that. Mm -hmm. And it's embarrassing to admit that now, but it gave me so much more perspective and it gave me so much more respect for that lifestyle. Having left it for over a decade, I
0: absolutely hid who I was. And now, so what are you doing now? You're doing so many things. You're executive producing a show. Like, can you just share a little bit of, like, once you leaned into your most authentic version, where that has brought you?
1: Yeah, you know, when I finally sort of started leaning into that, it started on social media. I was, I was sitting at home during the pandemic and I was like, you know, I'm a fancy lady who loves to to live in the big city. I live in Dallas. I love to like go to New York fashion week. I love to interview people on red carpets. And like, I look the part, like you would not look at me on a red carpet and be like, oh my gosh, that girl probably is from Kansas. And as a cowgirl, you know, because I was fitting in at the time. And so I just started talking about both worlds. And I started talking about sort of my struggle to like fit in because what happened, Renee, when I sort of started leaning back into the cowgirl side, the Western community was like, wait, who is this girl? You know, I've been gone for 10 years and they're like, she doesn't even own a horse. She can't be a real cowgirl. And I sort of had this like realization that being a cowgirl is in all of us, whether you've ever ridden a horse or been on a ranch or not. Like cowgirl is about grit and tenacity and and trying to live a legendary life. That's what being cowgirl is really about. So I just started talking about those things and you know, eventually I was like, I'm going to get into some Western sports. And so I started pursuing a couple of organizations, one of them being the professional bull riders, the PBR, because I looked at the PBR and they were tapping into mainstream audiences, which I thought was really cool. Their sh- their events were on CBS Sports. And I was like, yeah, like I want to be a part of that. Um, and so in 2020, I got the opportunity to do some television work with them. My first gig, Madison Square Garden. I'm like, how fancy lady cowgirl is this? I'm in New York, but I'm in cowboy boots. I'm interviewing the best cowboys in the world. Like, this is so cool. And from the PBR, other sporting, you know, Western sports entities started reaching out. Um, yes, I've always had this dream of producing my own show. So my friend Kaya and I, we we launched this digital series, Back Row Cowgirls. We got a pilot funded. We're shooting a pilot in a few weeks that we're going to shop out. And so I look back and when I finally just like gave up and leaned into absolutely who I was and what made me unique and different and what made me stand out in the crowd, that's when things really started to happen for me both professionally personally like you name it.
0: I I mean what a lesson. It's like whatever you don't have to be a cowgirl for that lesson to like land. Mm-hmm. It's when you show up as your most authentic version that's when things start to happen. And I'm certainly not a cowgirl, but one of the things that I always share with my audience is I'm twice divorced. And I was so, I had so much shame and embarrassment around that. And I kept it hidden. And once I actually started to show up and being like, yeah, this is what it is. So what? It's part of my story. Like things started to change, you know? Yeah. So I think that that lesson is something that all of us can take is like, be who you are and be unapologetic about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I always tell people, like, in my keynotes, tap into the cowgirl within, like we all have a little cowgirl in us. You don't need to own a hat. You don't need to consider yourself a cowgirl to have sort of that like cowgirl, gritty, tough mentality, you know, within you. And so, yeah, I think it, I think it's a beautiful lesson that you and I have, you and I have both learned the hard way. So everybody should listen to us so they don't
0: do the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what is a cowgirl? Like what's the cowgirl way?
1: Yeah, you know, I think um, they're kind of, I look at the word cowgirl, right? And I, I look at the different letters of, of it and I think, what is a cowgirl? I actually did this on a plane a while ago and I was like, cowgirl, courage. A cowgirl is like ruthlessly courageous. You know, I think as women, it takes a lot of courage to step in and own our truths, even if they're embarrassing, even if they make us stand out in the crowd, even if people, you know, talk about us, whatever. Oh, is originality. You know, I think a cowgirl is someone who really owns her originality like what makes her who she is you know at all costs um you know worthiness i think i was sort of raised and in this western culture that i was raised in we're raised to really have you know we feel very worthy of like showing up and doing the things we want to do and following the big crazy dreams. Um, you know, I'm trying to spell out cowgirl in my mind as I do this G, you know, grit. I talk about grit. Um, that's something that I was very much raised with, you know, competing in rodeo and and being on the rodeo teams and just that ranching lifestyle. It's a very tough lifestyle. And you have to be very gritty to sort of wake up each morning and, and survive that lifestyle. So I think a cowgirl has, um, you know, a lot of grit. She's resilient, Um, she, she has a lot of individuality. I'm going out of order here now. Um, you know, all of these things. And then at the end, L is the last letter of cowgirl and it's legendary. You know, Mm. she lives all of these different, things in order to live a legendary life. Because for me, when I finally tapped into sort of that cowgirl within, that's when I was finally able to live a legendary or an iconic life. And I think that's what
0: being a cowgirl is really all about. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I love that so much. So cool. I poured my heart, my soul, and even tears into writing a book that is a love letter to every woman I know. She Who Wins the book is for every woman who is told to smile, to quiet down and to shrink themselves into their smallest version. It's for every woman who's trying to figure out what's next. It's for every woman who thinks this is as good as it gets. She Who Wins is for the good girl within who is ready to become the fierce female fighting to get out. She Who Wins is now available for pre-order. Visit SheWhoWinsBook.com for exclusive free bonuses when you order now. All right. You talk about finding your true identity. It was easy for you because you were born into it. Like you knew that that was your roots. But what about if someone doesn't know what their identity is? What if it's not so like, I want to say in your face and I don't mean that in a negative way, but so, you know, out there of like, I'm a cowgirl, I'm a this, like, how does someone find what their identity is? What if they're just like, I don't know. I'm just like, just surviving, getting through each day, each week.
1: Yeah. You know, that's such a good question. And I think you're right. You know, mine sort of is in your face. Like I'm in a cowboy hat for goodness <laughs> sakes. Like, you know, that, that's like kind of in your face. And I did grow up in it. Um, but it did take me f- even 15 years to sort of realize that that is what made me unique. So even though that it's sort of obvious, maybe to like people on the outside looking in, I was that person. I was that person, like what I'm a TV host. Um, you know, I've had some success in television. I can ride a horse, but like, there's nothing (laughs) about me that's special. I mean, I truly thought that for so many years. So I've been there, I get it. And I think for me, it was finally tapping into the things that bring me the most joy talking about being a cowgirl or the lifestyle or horses or whatever it is, that's what truly lights me up inside. And I think if everyone sort of takes a moment to sit down and think about what is it that lights you up? Like what is it that makes you get up in the morning when you're tired, you're exhausted but you're like, oh yeah, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, for me, I get up each morning and it's like this bigger picture. Like I want to show the world what it means to be cowgirl. And I want to teach people how they can embrace a little bit of that lifestyle in their own lives in order to sort of tap into that identity. So it sounds like, you know, it's not like a a cut and clear answer, but I think it's, it's that what brings, you know, you joy? What is your truth? I mean, you're a perfect example. Like you talk about... Being embarrassed, you know, to talk mm-hmm. about your divorce and and then finally leaning into it. And like, I think you have to really, really, really sit down and, and get truthful with yourself about what is yeah. your truth. And when you really start tapping into like what is your truth, what lights you up, what brings you joy? What is something that you will continue pursuing no matter what anybody says, no matter what your parents think, your family thinks, no matter what your friends' opinions are, people on the internet. You know, like what is it that that truly sort of lights you up? And then start like tapping into that. And it's not going to be just like this aha moment because I was that person. I thought one of these days I'm just going to wake up and I'm going to know what my purpose is. That's not how it works, right? <laughs> you have to lean into all the different experiences, good and bad that you're having throughout your life. And then I think you can slowly start to piece together. Like what
0: is my truth? What is, what is it that lights me up? I, you know, it's so interesting because I think that, there's definitely people who will know what that is, right? They can say it like you say that and it's an immediate. Um, And I started to use that exercise when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to say no to. And Mm -hmm. that became like, if it doesn't light me up, it's an immediate no. And if it doesn't feel like a hell yes, then it's a no. But I also have friends who if I ask them that question, they may not have an answer. And they're mm-hmm. going to say, like, my kids. Okay, yeah, like, all right, fine. Like, our kids light us all up. But but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking, like, your soul, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what's inside? And so I'm not diminishing being a parent. But, but a lot of people don't even know what that is, you know? And it's like, what is that for those people who and you probably don't have an answer and it's just kind of like a dialogue about it because I've noticed that conversation happening when people are like I don't I don't I don't know like I don't know it's just getting through the week it's survival or it's that vacation I have planned 6 months from now which is actually breaks my heart because it should not like I don't think it should be a, a 7 days away that lights you up and get, keeps you moving and excited because that's you know that's yeah. a it's sad.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right and you know, it, it, is, it is hard. And I don't think there is like a cut and, and clear sort of answer. One thing that I would tell people, even if you don't have an answer, even if your vacation is your like the next big thing that you're just trying to survive, you know, until I think something that has been a little bit of a game changer for me is being really present in the moments that I'm in. Sometimes, maybe that moment that I'm in is a job that I really hate, that I'm miserable at. And instead of being miserable and and sort of playing the victim, which I've done, you know, I've done at networks, at at television networks that I've worked at throughout my career. You know, I've been that, oh, my boss is a nightmare. I hate my job. Nobody appreciates me, whatever. You know, take a step back and and think, okay, what am I learning here? What What is this teaching me about myself What is this teaching me about the things that do maybe light me up? What is this teaching me about the things that I don't ever want to do again? And then how do I shape the rest of my life so that I get to do what I, you know, the things that bring me joy and light me up. And then I don't have to do the things that made me so miserable at this job or whatever. Um, You know, when you, if you go on that vacation, if that is the big thing, like be present in the moment, put the stupid cell phone down, take it in and be like, okay, what would it take? If this is my end all, like this is what brings me joy is traveling, great. How do I get to the point where I can do this not just once a year? Right. Like I think you have to sort of stop, be in the moment, put things into perspective. You know, like now I'm working in Western sports. And it's such a, a different experience than when I was in mainstream television, you know, mainstream television, like we're doing hard news, whatever, you know, things are going wrong. It, it's a nightmare. You know, we're cut. There's cussing, yelling. Everybody's <laughs> freaking out, frantic, like whatever. We're miserable. You know, we're getting up so early. And and now I sort of laugh because like in Western sports, obviously it's a, it's a very different environment. But even when things are going wrong, I take a step back and I'm like, this is what I wanted. I'm around amazing people. Yes, you know, the camera just crashed and we're five seconds from air and all hell is breaking loose. But like I'm surrounded by cowboys there. Are, you know, there are horses next to me. I'm getting to interview really cool people. And I think it's sort of you have to like find the good in every moment. And for me, that was a total, like, game changer. When I sort of stopped playing the victim and started playing, like, the victor, if you will, in my own life, that's when, like, things started to happen. And that's when my purpose suddenly became so much clearer, if that makes sense. Because I think, you know, if you sit down and you're like, all right, I'm going to figure out my purpose, like, good luck, you know? (laughs) Right. I think it's sort of a mindset and you have to sort of constantly be aware of, you know, what is it that I love? What is it that lights me up? Um, yeah. you know, aside from my children and travel and all of those
0: amazing things. All right. Let's talk about grit because you brought it up a couple times. Um, I, I take pride of like my grittiness. Um, and it's something it's, I think part of it's how I was raised and my background and my, the work ethic that was instilled in me. But I also, there's very much, out in the social media world, there's anti-hustle culture right now. And then when I see that, and part of me is like, ooh, but grit, it helps you, like it propels you forward. It pushes you through the hard stuff. And so I think it's intertwined with this, like the word hustle. So I'm curious about your take on the anti-hustle culture and being gritty. Yeah, I think
1: I assume it's safe to call you a high achiever. I consider myself also a high achiever. And I think for people like us, for me, it's very hard to not be a hustler because I have big dreams. Like I know that no one's going to take my dream as seriously as I am. No one's going to show up and save the day. You know, and I I'm I work for myself, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. Like, if I don't get up and get gritty and get to work, like nothing is going to get done. And I'm not going to be able to live in this apartment and go to horse shows and, and hang out with friends and go out to eat and do all the things that I love doing, travel the world. If I don't get, you know, a little gritty. And for me, being raised sort of in that western culture, like it is a non-negotiable. Yeah. Like you get up, you hustle. You get gritty every day because you know how I was raised, like we get up and, you know, the kids have to do chores in the morning before they go to school. Because like, guess what? If the animals aren't fed, like there might not be food on the table that night because we're ranchers. And that's and it's an all hands on deck all the time. And so you know, I I was reading some of your posts and I think you really do a beautiful job of saying like, look, yes, I believe in rest. You can't completely burn yourself out because then nothing gets done. And I'm a creative. When I get burnt out, like sometimes I just need to sit on the couch and watch some really trashy reality TV to like bring (laughs) myself back down. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think that you have to show up and put in the work every single day. I mean, it's no different than like people that are like trying to get buff or trying to get fit or whatever. Like you show up and you go, even when you don't want to go to the gym, you go because that's sort of, you know, that's how you get things done. So yeah, it's interesting. And, um, I've sort of been out in the workforce, I'm sure as you have, and there's a lot of that is like missing in our culture. You know, I have to wonder, like, maybe if we were a little more gritty, and a little more determined and we're hustling a little harder, like maybe our country wouldn't, you know, who knows, maybe we'd be in a whole different place as a country. Um, I think a little bit of that is lost. And that's sort of what I love about yeah. like the cowgirl culture and, and sharing my story is like, like, it's a, you know, it's a no
0: excuses. Type of yeah. Oh my God. I want to send my kid to your ranch oh, yeah. <laughs> for a month <laughs> whip them into shape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, all right. I'm, I'm really curious because right now, like, the Western lifestyle is trending. Like, there's a reality show. Did you see that? The reality show that's, like, matching... Cowboys. Yes, yes. oh, I love watching. I have yeah. done watching, Yeah. Well, and you have like with Yellowstone and like yes. now in 1923, I think it's the other one. So now it's like it's in vogue. Like it's super cool to, mm-hmm. to embrace that. Have you seen like a shift over the years, like growing up, where like I feel like it's so mainstream now? Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: Um, you know, we sort of in the in the Western culture, like it's, it's referred to as the Yellowstone effect. And, you know, what Taylor yeah. Sheridan, the, the creator of that show, has yeah. sort of come in and done is, you know, Cowboy has always been cool. Like it's always, yeah. cow, Cowboys and Cowgirls have always been cool. But I think what Taylor has done and then sort of all of the things that have happened because of that it has really showed the rest of the world like what it means to be cowboy and cowgirl. And you know, the cool thing about like Yellowstone, I mean, Taylor has a ranch. He rides yeah. horses. I mean, he owns rainers. Like he's at the cuttings, you know that I get to go and do TV workout. Like you'll see him sitting in the stands, and so he he sort of really gets the lifestyle, which is cool. And yeah, um, farmer wants a wife. You know, I'm yeah. like you're starting to see like all of these these different things, and I I just think it's so exciting because the cowboy, the Western culture has has been here for forever. I mean, for you yeah. know for centuries, and and I think it's really special also because it's making people more aware of like where their food comes from, you know, like these are the people, not just feeding America, but they're feeding the global population. And I think that's a really honorable thing. And so it's just been, it's been so fun to see it sort of blow up and yeah, you know, what a time for me to sort of jump in and be like, Hey, you know, let's talk about cowgirls and all the cool things that they're doing.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. So what is, what's next
1: for you? Yeah, you know, the biggest thing um, coming up, I have a, a show called Back Road Cowgirls, which was really just, it happened accidentally over wine and pasta, as all great ideas do. <laughs> my friend had a layover in Dallas. I went and picked her up. We had lunch and we were just like throwing our dreams onto the table. Like, what have you always wanted to do? And I was like, I always wanted to have my own TV show. She's like, Yeah, like, I think I would like to have a TV show too. And we're like, Man, we'd really love to tell stories about the incredible and incredibly diverse people within agriculture. Because a lot of times on TV, you See the same, you know, stereotypical cowboy, cowgirl. We're like, there are so many people involved in agriculture that come from all walks of life. You know, we should just travel the world and like tell their stories. And we're like, hmm, I don't know, like, let's do it. And a month later, we rented a camper van that we found off Instagram, a 2002 Euro van. It was very classy. (laughs) We put stickers all over it with our faces. And we started in California and we went up and down the coast just telling stories about incredible people who have their hands in agriculture in some way, you know, from San Francisco to sixth generation ranches, like we covered it all and it was really fun and we enjoyed it. And we thought if the word, if the, if the only thing that comes out of this is, is we have a kick-ass time, like done worth it, you know? And then we got an email that I, in the beginning blew off because we were busy and I didn't have time to answer it. And, And this group called Simplot was like, Hey, we're really interested in being involved with back row cowgirls. And they're like, what do you need? And we're like, well, we would really love to hire a production company because I forgot to point out that I shot and edited <laughs> all of that, um, which was a he- monumental task. Kaya built the, our website. I mean, we did everything ourselves. Like it was just her and I and, and our photographer, um, still photographer Shelby. But this group came on and said, you know, what do you need? And we said, well, we would like to hire a production company, shoot a real 30 minute pilot that then we can shop out to the Netflixes of the world, the HBOs of the world. Um, and tell these great stories. And they said, okay, let's do it. And so we are shooting a pilot, a television pilot. Um, We're not even calling it a pilot. We're telling everyone. We're like, we're shooting our TV show next (laughs) month. So we'll be a little busy. We're kind of speaking it into existence. Like we are talking as if we already have a TV show. And I think that's what you have to do. Um, So yeah, we are clueless, which I think is important to point out, but we are blissfully naive is what I like to say. And I think sometimes with your dreams, being a little naive, blissfully naive, if you will, is is really like a secret sauce. Because I think if we had known how hard it was going to be to do the digital series, if we had known how hard it, it's going to be to shoot this pilot and what the shopping process is going to look like, I don't think we'd do it. But we are clueless. And so we are just blissfully diving in head first to our dream. And I think um, I think sometimes that's what you have to do with big, crazy dreams. That's an amazing
0: story. And you're gonna I, I like I feel this I, I deeply feel that this is going to be in existence. Uh, and I like this is the story that you're going to be telling. And oh, which is awesome. I love that. Like, I love the rawness of that more than like, oh, we have it perfectly planned. It's like no, we have doing no it perfectly. Yeah, we have no idea what we're it's doing. Amazing. No idea. Yeah. All right. Courtney, before I get to my final question for you, where do people find you? How do they connect with you? How do they follow you on your yeah. new TV show? Yeah. <laughs> so everything is I've big on social media,
1: Courtney on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, always active there. CourtneyDHoff.com is my website and you can find the back road cowgirls. Everything is housed on my website. So um, head there and then you can branch off from there. Awesome. All right. Final question. What does winning mean to you? Oh, what does winning mean to me? That's a good one. I think, you know, I heard something that really, really stuck with me yesterday on a podcast. I am a big fan of the Ed Milet podcast. Mm -hmm. We had Lewis Howes on and Lewis said, there is, um, you know, there is a difference in success and a difference in greatness. And I was like, Ooh, tell me more. And he said, you know, success is selfish. Success is your dreams, your goals, your priorities. And I was like, man, I have been that person. I have I been that person for 15 years. And he said, but greatness is sort of pursuing your goals, your dreams, Mm. but bringing other people along for the ride. And for me, that is the whole purpose of my brand, Fancy Lady Cowgirl. I want to bring other women along for the ride. I have these Fancy Lady Cowgirl events once a year and I just love to sit and watch the business cards being exchanged, the conversations that are happening. A year later, I'm like, oh, they opened a business together. They met at my event. That to me is winning. Winning for me is elevating other people along the way. Amazing.
0: I think that's my favorite answer I've ever heard. I Um, love it. Thank you. All right. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's a wrap. Please subscribe to the She Who Wins podcast so you'll be the first to know about every new episode that drops. Until next time. And remember, She Who Moves Forward Fiercely is She Who Wins.